I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. How I did everything I possibly could to not be in my feminine. That means shutting off my emotions, being as small as possible, neglecting both the curves of life and the curves of my body, and then being obsessed with perfectionism and, and keeping quiet. I wasn't using my voice. I wasn't in my sovereignty. I wasn't accepting my emotions. And because of all this, I used tactics of manipulation, of silence, of of giving and withholding love from people in order to get what I wanted rather than just speaking my truth. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's Raquel. And just a random thought, a random thought that I, I needed to share. I just feel called to share it now. I have seen some posts in the Your Own Magic Facebook group of my strong, beautiful Yomis being so open and vulnerable as I encourage everyone to be. And I'm seeing some people sharing their frustrations of where they're at in this life right now, in the season of their life right now, experiencing lots of frustration and confusion about their present day. They may find themselves comparing themselves to others or setting these expectations on themselves and perhaps it's just, it's not manifesting instantaneously. And so 
I want to I, I want to deliver this message to you because I've realized in my experience that the root of my frustrations and comparisons, self-comparisons and self-disappointments and anxiety and heartache is the root of all of it is expectation. Plus, notice that the things that just, they should be so simple and they should just be so fun and full of life become just so challenging and not so fun not so beautiful disasters when you just expect way too much from the situation or the person and i notice that the mornings when i wake up and i feel most tapped into my god self and free of all these expectations are the days that i really do feel most at peace within myself and most aligned and ready to share and create and yada yada and everything that I may accomplish or manifest just happens to be a cherry on top because I didn't set these expectations. Like we, we, we truly create our own personal pains and insecurities and doubts and struggles through just trying to reach these expectations that we believe that we're just not at right now and of course wanting it just creates more wanting it i've noticed that the more i just want something i just create more wanting it instead of absolutely having and thriving in it also when it comes to other people we create animosity between us and other beings when they don't live up to our expectations or if you don't happen to live up to someone else's expectations you may end up resenting them a little or just feel bad about yourself and of course this doesn't mean don't set intentions and don't strive to reach for great things and improve yourself daily because you know I am all about that life I'm all about self-expansion and personal growth and creating this life that we know we deserve to live but it's just that balance between being at peace with where we're at right now and achieving that ultimate desire. Like where's the balance if we can't set these expectations that are gonna create heartbreak? So perhaps letting go of timing and just trust that things will unfold in divine timing that is to our highest good, but do what we need to do every day to just enjoy the journey and the process and not set this expectation that we have to be this way today. Sri Chinmoy, who he taught meditation and he's a Indian spiritual leader, he, he said it best. He said, peace begins when expectation ends. Oh, Yes. And also, so did William Shakespeare. He said, expectation is the root of all heartache. Oh, yes. And also Ryan Reynolds. Good old Ryan Reynolds. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man you are. He also said, when you have expectations, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Absolutely. Amen to that. So, dear listener, I just felt a little poll to share this message with you today in hopes something resonates and hits you in some way and encourages you to open up your journal and list some of the expectations you have set for yourself and ask yourself if they are weighing you down in some way and creating some resistance and low vibrations in your life in some way 
and ask yourself in that moment as you meditate on them how you can shift that and tell your soul that you will release this expectation and may it come and manifest or dissolve in a way that is to your highest good so that is a little message that just hit the core of me and i hope that it hit the core of many of you perfectionists out there and perhaps this episode will too i'm really excited for you to hear this episode with maddie moon and yes that's her real last name i know and dear perfectionists or ladies feeling a little tapped out of their highest goddess feminine self and to anyone battling with a common theme that we often talk about on this podcast eating disorders and unhealthy relationships with our body and food and finding the purpose of our soul well dearest one this episode is indeed for you Maddie Moon is all about the feminine flow, yo, as she lived many moons of her life, pun intended, battling control issues as a perfectionist and probably setting lots of expectations for herself and had disordered eating and fitness patterns and tapped out of her power with a cloud of doubt and worry for so much of her life and, and Maddie is she's just so passionate about uh, helping women shift this and tap into their goddess self by owning their true essence and innate beauty and their feminine energy and so after you listen and get inspired to surrender to these unhealthy ways I encourage you to listen to more of Maddie on her podcast, the Mind Body Musings podcast. Of course, I'll put that in the show notes, along with her beautiful blog, MaddieMoon.com. So the first part of this episode is going to be a little lighter as we just have a fun chit chat talking about love and travel, and then it gets real deep real quick. You know how I like to flow. I don't really keep many interviews on a safe surface level for long you know but first yummy review of the week i love this one it's quite long but it's so sweet nicole felino six out of five stars is her title aside from six being my lucky spirit number six out of five stars is indefinitely the rating that yom podcast deserves thank you i stumbled across the podcast when i was desperately seeking anything that would give me a sense of purpose and reason to get out of bed post breakup with my boyfriend of five years. I experimented with various self-help platforms and nothing really resonated with me. Then I found this podcast and the day I started listening, I think I must have listened to about 10 episodes straight. The intro music alone just screams, this is it. This is the start of your awakening. Raquel and Allie have completely shifted my mindset and each episode empowers me to live a life of love and gratitude. Prior to my breakup, I identified with my boyfriend. I had no purpose and no hobbies that brought me joy. I became so interested in all the cool stuff introduced to me on the show. I never thought I'd find joy in sitting in and connecting with myself on a Friday night because being alone used to cause me great anxiety. But the comfort I now have in being alone and tapping in with yourself 
that this podcast has instilled in me really has changed my life. Thank you, Raquel and Allie, for making me a much better, creative, and less superficial person. You both truly have a gift, and I'm so grateful that you're sharing it with the world. I hope you know how much you truly touch the souls of your listeners. Oh, dear Nicole. Wow. Just wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this deeply heartfelt and soulful review. It's just the fact that, you know, you're a human being with so many feelings and to be able to uplift and raise the vibration of just one soul really makes my day and my world. Thank you so much, Nicole. I am honestly so proud of you for finding the strength to unburden yourself from the anchors of all that pain and heartbreak and that you you found your own peace after the breakup and you found your own strength and power within yourself to, to pursue your own worth and indeed find hobbies and love for life that feeds your soul. I love it. And I hope Allie hears this, that she's still included in many of the reviews, though she hasn't been on for half a year. It just goes to show how much of a voice and an influence and an impact she has on this podcast still and that she truly is just such an inspiration and we all love her presence and wisdom as she feeds all of our souls. Anyways, dear listener, I would love, love, love to read your new and updated review too. Also, I'm so thankful, like so, so grateful to those of you who support our sponsors. When you support your sponsor, our sponsors, you're actually keeping your own magic alive. So, so in the middle of the episode, you will hear a super, super affordable steal that we manifested from my favorite yoga wear company, Fabletics, and also a delicious deal from my favorite coffee company who mixes magical mushroom elixir for our physical, mental, and spiritual benefit for Sigmatic. So listen to those deals in the middle of the episode if you're interested. Also, they are in the show notes. But for now, let the magic begin with Maddie Moon. Is Maddie Moon your real name? Maddie Moon is my real name. Yeah. What? You were yeah. born with Leslie Moon. Yeah. Wow. Well, how fitting is that? That's amazing. I know. It's crazy. I love that. <laughs> well, I want to begin this chat with a fun and very present question. What lights you up most in your life right now? Okay. So this one's so easy for me. Finally, an easy question. <laughs> um, what is, what is lighting me up right now is I am about to live the, I can't even believe this is happening because it just all happened so fast, but I'm about to go back into the nomadic lifestyle. I've done it before. I just like not having a set home. I did it. I traveled around Asia and, um, it was beautiful. And, and then, I settled back into where I live here in Boulder and um, I recently have been feeling this, I guess, just like this itch almost, like just an itch of wanting to grow more in my environment, like mentally, spiritually, physically, I'm always growing and that's good and all, but there's something about being in a completely new environment that challenges you to let go that I was really craving, but I didn't know what it looked like. And um, one thing led to another and I met someone who wanted the same thing and we decided that we wanted to 
move and funny thing he lives he lives he lived right next door to me he's lived next door to me for two years wow. <laughs> i know and um we just had such a beautiful connection we entered relationship together and now we are oh. going to travel together so our first stop is portland and we're, we've got all of our stuff going into storage units together and who knows what will happen but i'm i'm really excited Maddie, that is so fun. And yes, the nomadic lifestyle is where it's at. That's what I am doing right now. I'm in Belfast and I traveled Asia like you as well. And oh, I am far too familiar with that itch, far too familiar. And so I'm really excited for you and your next adventure. You're going to expand in so many ways that you can't even comprehend right now. And the best part about it is that you have somebody to share these memories and experiences with. Yeah, I think that's one of the more exciting parts for me because I've done um I've done so much solo travel it feels and I've never been to Belfast but I I want to go so badly. So I'm sure whenever I get to go I'll finally be able to to check out all those beautiful sceneries that I see and I'll definitely oh be hitting you up for suggestions. But yeah, I've yes. done I've done a lot of the solo and I'm I know that doing it with a person will come with its own unique challenges, but I I feel like that particular type of relationship growth is going to be where it's at. Like I'm so ready. I've been calling this in for forever and I'm yes. excited about those challenges and I'm excited about being able to have those experiences with someone who's going to also pull me out of my comfort zone, especially because I'm such a routine person and he is oh, he's about routine, but he's also about like totally indulging in the beautiful um, aspects of life and what everything life has to offer. And I really love that quality about him. That's a really good balance to have, actually. It's somebody that does knock that free spirit out of you so you can just live and breathe, especially when you travel. You want to be able to feel free and flexible. So that routine thing, it will still happen. You'll still have your morning routine. You know how the drill goes, but you'll you'll be a little more free and allow yourself a little more time and give yourself permission. Also, this is not even on my list, but I'm just curious, how long have you been together and how in the world did you two meet? Um, so, <laughs> this is fun. So we've been together, not even. <laughs> okay. This is crazy. I'm just going to be so honest. Okay. Like sometimes I'd be like, I would want to stretch the truth because I'm like kind of embarrassed, but we've been together a month and a half. That's amazing. No joke. We've you been together know. a month and a half. Yes. That's it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's, um, it's so interesting how many like voices I have come up like you're crazy everyone's gonna think you're wild everything's gonna, gonna think you're desperate blah 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 but you know like you're so right when you know you know and I just had so many divine things happen in my life that were like divine is a very luxurious word like it sounds really nice but they were like really heartbreaking things and things that tore me open and things that were I feel preparing me to be in this relationship and meeting him we it was interesting because I had just had something happen that really hurt me with another man. And I was supposed to meet up with this guy, him. And, uh, I told him in the Bumble app, cause we met on Bumble. Amazing. <laughs> I told him, I was like, um, you know what? I think I just can't date right now and we probably should not meet. And then he said, well, you're my neighbor. Like, cause we realized we lived in the same apartment <laughs> complex. He's like, how about we just go get coffee and be friends? Cause I could use some friends. 
And um, mm. I said, sure. So we met up and we, we kept the friend boundary for about three hangouts. And then the third one, um, somehow we ended up drinking scotch in his kitchen and dancing. And then one thing led to another and we're making out and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then I find out he's leaving. He wants to leave. And I was like, wow, I was just thinking of leaving too, but I don't know where. And and then he was like, well, why don't you leave with me? And I was like, no. I first said no, because I was like, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. But then it so organically turned into, well, maybe, maybe this is exactly what I've been asking the universe for because I knew I wanted to leave. I just didn't know how it looked. And, and now it feels like it's a no-brainer. I'm absolutely and devotion to this man. And I adore him. And I know it's going to come with struggles and it's going to come with ups and downs, but I, I'm so game. (laughs) That's beautiful. You're following those nudges. You just had, I'm sure you seem very intuitive. I know you're very intuitive and you just felt it and you're going with it. Have no doubt. Don't listen to anybody that's telling you otherwise, because you're following what your heart is, where your heart is guiding you. That's beautiful. Thank you. I actually had no intention on this being about your relationship because I had no idea at first, but now I also need to ask um, because I know people be curious, have there been any synchronicities that have aligned you to where you're like, oh, all right, universe, I see. He's my guy. I think it, I think a lot of it happened with, I mean, there's, yes, there's many things, but one of the things was timing. Like it was interesting. So when... The past year, the past year, I have dated a lot of people who don't live where I live. I dated someone who lived in Seattle, someone in Vancouver, some another person in Vancouver, and like I, I and someone in Las Vegas. Like I'm just, I very much was looking for someone who didn't live where I live, and I finally got really real with myself, and I was like, why do I keep looking for the person who doesn't live where I live? Like, am I avoidant, and it's a safe option to date someone who doesn't live near me, so they can't get me out of my perfect routine. Yes, that's totally one of the reasons I was saying I was ready for a relationship, but yet I kept dating people who didn't live where I lived because that meant they can't get me off my perfect little private routine and my orderly life. And so I got real about that. And then the next thing was that the next layer to that is I realized I was dating people who didn't live where I lived because um, I didn't want to live here anymore. And oh. so I kept thinking, oh, well, Seattle would be a cool place to live. Oh, Vancouver. Would, and I was looking for a man, basically, to yeah. get me to move. And like I, your reasoning. Okay. Yeah. Like save me, you know, which is yeah. really interesting for me to, to realize because I've always been a pick up and leave when I feel like it kind of girl. But something about this, this city is very magical and I don't. I didn't just want to leave for leaving sake. I needed a reason. So I thought in my subconscious. And what so, city are you in? Just so I'm in, know. Oh, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great here. I, lo- I love it. Yeah. It is beautiful there. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And now he's literally in your apartment building. Yeah, <laughs> like he, not far away. For two years. At this, all. Like the same, a month before I moved in here, two, two years ago, he moved in. And like, we've never met. <laughs> Maddie. Maybe. That is so amazing. Wow. That timing really is perfect. And the fact that you guys are now about to go on 
a huge adventure together around the world. I'm so excited for you. You're going to have to keep me updated. I just love love. I What's love his love name? Too. His name's Matt. We're Matt and Maddie. Oh, oh no. This is too much. I can't. Oh, he's so, so cute. cute. If he listens to this, he's going to be like, you're ridiculous. You're talking about <laughs> me. Keep it coming. Love Matt, it. you sound amazing. Anyways, Maddie. Many of your stories make me feel so, so connected to you on so many levels, like your story on why you had to let go of obsessive, competitive, orthorexic, this fitness craves lifestyle and mentality. Hello, me too. I feel you. And then you found yourself in nature, in mama earth, eating and moving intuitively. So do you mind sharing a bit of your story for everyone? Yes. Well, you just did it so beautifully, but (laughs) yes, I will go and I will dive into that. So the best place for me to start is youth, of course. Everything happens in childhood, it seems. And um, so I was, I like to like to start this out by saying that I was raised in a family who loved me and they did the best that they could. And they taught me a lot of beautiful lessons and I love who I am today. And I'm so grateful for everything I experienced as a child and for being very um, taking care of all my needs. Like they, they did everything they could to make sure I had a college education. I had um, supports and I got the things I, I wanted as a kid. And, and also with that said, there was a lot of perfectionistic, black and white, um, conservative beliefs that shoved me into a box since childhood. There was never really this period of who's Madeline going to be when she grows up? I can't wait to see what my child's going to turn into. It was always, this is who she is. If she steps outside of this box, then like punishment, reward, or bad girl, good girl. And these messages were very confusing, very conflicting, and and very damaging to my feeling of how much love I was deserving of. Um, very emotionally confusing, I'll say. And um, this pressure to be perfect in all the different ways, be the perfect little Christian girl that they they wanted me to see and, and not having temptations in this way or not saying these things or having these friends, like, it, like even friends of different colors. Like it was just like you have to look this way and be this way and have these people in your life. Or if you go outside of this box, then um, – the messages I received was that God is disappointed in you. And, mm. and, and like I said, they were doing the best they could. They were doing what they taught and they still stand by everything that they, they did. And they said, and, and I am totally cool with that because I, I have sovereignty and I am, I've grown into a woman who can now take a step back and love everything that they did for me because I know it came from a place of them doing their best and knowing that I choose differently now. I, I have responsibility to choose my own path and I am not a victim to anything. So if I want to heal yes. my emotions, cool, I can. But at the time, like being that, at that age, I had no idea. I, you know, parents are, are God, you know, God's God, parents are God. Like yeah. everyone that's older than you is like the end all be all. And to cope with a lot of the pressures that I felt on my shoulders as a child, as a kid, and as a woman or a little girl, like trying to have this perfect um, persona, I turned to the easiest mechanism for getting that sense of control um, right after OCD because 
believe me, I had, I had OCD tendencies of locking the door, unlocking, locking, locking, unlocking the faucet on, off, on, off, like not letting my food touch or I wouldn't eat it. Like just lots of weird things. But the, the main disorder that accumulated in my life was disordered eating disordered fitness patterns, exercise addiction to make this story, um, slightly con- concise, condensed, because it's a long one. I I found vegetarianism and veganism in, in high school, and it initially started with wanting to do something for animals. Like I felt really purposeful around that. And um, it, weirdly enough, I definitely felt like I was punished for that in my family. Like, eat meat. How dare you not eat meat? Like you've got to eat meat. Like you're so frustrating that you won't eat meat. Like I was fun. I felt fundamentally wrong for, for not eating meat. So that was confusing. But then I started getting, I I stuck with it regardless of what anyone thought. And then the weight that I didn't even have to lose, like I was already small, but weight started to come off. Compliments started to roll in. I found a gym and then it all began. So I started eating less and less and working out more and more. I continued down this road until I went into college when I found alcohol. Then I started using alcohol in order to to get rid of calories. And um, I would drink until I got sick. And then I was so, so drunk that I could finally eat food without feeling guilty for it. Like, man, it was just a wreck. And I used... I also, and I don't talk about this part often, which I think is actually pretty important to talk about, but I also used um, ADD medication like uh, Adderall. Adderall. Yeah, Adderall in order to suppress my hunger and also work out more. Mm -hmm. Like I would run seven miles and be like, I am God, I am amazing. (laughs) Like, and have so much self-righteousness and pride around not eating and running nine miles a day, like taking this medication that's not for me, like just treating my body so terribly. And yet yeah. people were saying, you look great, girl. Like, okay, thanks. Right. You know, it was just, oh, it's so damaging and so disordered. So I- It's important to note, by the way, when it comes to Adderall, everyone, you have your lowest load the next day. So it's not mm. worth, it's not worth that extreme high the first day. Cause a lot of people might hear that and be like, Ooh, I want to try this. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't mention it often. Yeah. I get a little bit worried that sometimes when I share my story, it gives people <laughs> ideas and like, right. No. no, but it's so worth sharing. It's just also, it really is so worth sharing. Cause some people might either be abusing Adderall or be tempted to, and it's worth to know that, yeah, you might experience that high high, that that's something you can do without Adderall completely, but also that next day you are on your low low and sometimes that trickles on to weeks and months and it's not worth feeling depressed to hey, run seven speed. miles in a day. It's, yeah. it's speed. It's like when you take it, you are on a high, you are high, you are like you feel invincible mm-hmm. and th- there's an entire yeah. documentary on this. I forget the name. Um, but it's on Netflix. So if anyone just Googles like Adderall speed Netflix documentary, it's on there. And, and, you know, I was captivated because I have that experience of totally abusing drugs and, and you're right. Like you have this 
really low dip and you start to feel oh. like I'm not smart if I'm not on this. I got to find more. You're totally smart. Oh, you are so smart. <laughs> Just, yes. it, it, you have to go through that period of letting go of it. And, and, and I, I did, and I realized, oh, I can take tests without it. Oh, my body's actually really yeah. tired. I should rest today instead of, yeah, it's, it's crazy. This, this is a topic that I, I do think should be discussed more because it is so accessible to get these drugs when you don't have a prescription and you don't need them. Yes, exactly. I'm so happy that you actually brought this up because I know that it can be so tempting and it's so easy to access even in high school because I abused it in high school. If a high schooler can get mm -hmm. to it, who knows who can imagine? There are a lot of high schoolers that listen to this. So I'm happy that you brought that up. Thank you. Fabletics has an extra special treat for the Soul Tribe to help you live your passion every day, they say, gifting you two leggings for only $24. What? Which is like a $99 value. So when you just go to fabletics.com forward slash magic, check it out. When you browse, you'll notice they are like the Netflix of yoga pants. They have such a wide variety of the cutest selection. Just browse right now for fun just to see all of the cutest variety of designs with the best prices. My favorite pair of yoga pants are my rose-colored high-waisted Fabletics because while well, they look good, they're rose, one of my favorite colors, and they just make me want to play and flow whenever I put them on. And all honestly, all their pants that I own do. But what I love most about them, besides the fact that they're the coziest and best looking pants on my body, I love the fact that they're the most affordable quality activewear on the market. I'm talking high quality material. You'll feel it. Especially what, two leggings for $24? <laughs> and this is thanks to their VIP program, why they can do this, which gets you even better deals, about 50% off regular prices, plus free shipping, and also so many additional perks that you just can't resist. So, Soul Tribe, again, Fabletics is gifting you two leggings for only $24. You're not only supporting yourself and your yoga flow, but you're also supporting the podcast. So, just visit fabletics.com forward slash magic, and I'll leave it in the show notes for you. Fabletics.com forward slash magic, and pick your two pairs. and continue on with your story. I am at the edge of my seat. I love it. So, um, let's see. So after, um, during all that time of abusing, abusing, abusing my body and just trying to make myself as small as possible, just trying to take up as less space. And this happened on many different, um, levels. There was like the physical level of trying to make my body smaller. There was the, um, spiritual level of feeling like God hates me. So like, why am I even here? And then there was definitely the emotional level of, um, I have no friends. I, people don't like me. I need to use, um, men or, you know, at that time I would say boys like college kids to make me feel loved and worthy. And, and, uh, I was in the sorority life. So I was just, constantly going to frat parties and trying to find someone to love me. Like someone, everything was external. Like, love me, love me, love me. I'm making myself small and I hate myself, but will you love me? And, and this was just so damaging. And I, I bless that girl. I love her. And I just wish so badly she knew that she had everything within her already to love herself and to create um, just copious amounts of love and, and feel the love of the divine, the love of the universe. 
pouring itself out. And, and I have, I feel for everyone in college, everyone in high school and middle school and college, because honestly, those were the hardest years. <laughs> like those were the hardest years for me. So speeding up a little bit, I, I ended up transferring schools. I, I went from University of Arkansas over to UT Austin for my second half of college because I wanted something new. And in fact, I knew I want, didn't want to be in a sorority anymore. I wanted to be like more in a city that had other things to offer like music and, and good food and just a change of pace. So I went there and that's when I discovered bodybuilding. And I found, oh, there's this way that I can I can finally eat food, like good amounts of food, and also have an excuse for not going out and drinking those extra calories, and and people won't ask me why I'm not eating the cake at a birthday, and no one will ask me questions because I'm, I'm competing and, and prepping for a bodybuilding competition. So I finally had this excuse to be able to eat food and to get this fitness body that I thought would finally give me everything I want, like finally a program, a program to feel in control, I can eat every three hours on the dot. And I won't go into that much because it's basically a lot more of what I just shared of just disordered eating, disordered exercise, isolation, lost my period, depression, eating way too much protein than what my body needed, like going into that legit meathead stereotype of having no lightness in my life, no flow, no lightness, and um, being super meatheady and, and driven. So... I did this for a couple years and what really was going on, and I'm sure we can get into all of this juicy stuff, but what was really going on in the depths of it, you know, besides the core wound of worthiness and not feeling like I was good enough, there was, there was this internal desire to create a lifestyle of rigidity and armor. I was trying to create a six pack, a layer of muscle. I was trying to make as much hardness in both my body and my emotional life, my spiritual life, everything, I wanted to be hard. I wanted to be rigid. I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be seen as one of the guys because I, with everything in me, I didn't want to even come close to looking feminine. So a lot of the work that I do today is around helping masculine-minded women step into their feminine flow. And the story for me of my background is a perfect representation of how I did everything I possibly could to not be in my feminine. That means shutting off my emotions, being as small as possible, neglecting both the curves of life and the curves of my body, and then being obsessed with perfectionism and, and keeping quiet. I wasn't using my voice. I wasn't in my sovereignty. I wasn't accepting my emotions. And because of all this, I used tactics of manipulation, of silence, of of giving and withholding love from people in order to get what I wanted rather than just speaking my truth. So that was really what was going on through all that time. To wrap up that story, I did the bodybuilding for two years, was in the depths of that. And then I naturally realized, as you were sharing earlier, I was, de I was desiring a change and I didn't even realize it but I was desiring the feminine and now I can see it, but I couldn't even see it then because I, I, I got rid of my bodybuilding card 
got rid of my suits and I picked up my life and I moved into the mountains. I moved into mother nature. I moved into this motherly energy, an energy that wanted to love me. I got a dog because I wanted to have something to nurture and take care of. So there was like this inner mother energy in me that was coming out. There was this, this, um, natural mother energy of being in nature and feeling grounded and supported that was coming out. So I made all these changes of gaining weight, loving my body, being in nature, letting go of these rigid ways. And even though I didn't notice I was feeling a calling to come back into my feminine, it was already beginning five years ago. So here I am today, five years later, I have my podcast show, Mind Body Musings. I host retreats. I've written a couple books and I'm all about teaching women who are stuck in these perfectionistic ways how to slow down and embrace this thing I call the feminine flow. Maddie, and thank you so much for doing this for females all over the world who do sometimes cloak or feel small at times or forgo their feminine energy by tapping more into their masculine, hide their goddessness. I love this message that you share, especially for those who might be ashamed of their curves or even their pencil shaped figure or whatever their human, their beautiful human suit may look like, or even their personality, perhaps they may be, they may hide their fiery energy or their artistic energy. How can she begin to shift and completely own and embrace her feminine energy? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Had to. So the first thing, um, quick question. Have you talked about the feminine and the masculine before on this podcast? Yes, but I would love to hear the way you articulate it. Okay, awesome. Because I would love to to make sure that uh, we have some clear ideas of, of at least how I present it. So, We've talked about it almost every podcast, but this might be someone's first time listening to your own magic. So it'd be nice to, yeah, have you share. Okay, so good. So in its core, the masculine is consciousness. It's the part of you and the part of me that's never changed. It's always been there. It is awareness. It is presence. It is the container. That is what the masculine really is. It is a yang energy. And And it's important to know, I'm sure you've mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again in case someone is new. Everyone has the feminine and the masculine within them. Everyone. So sometimes when people listen to me talk about this, especially people who are feminists, they go, wait a minute, this is sexist. This is not right. You're taking us back a whole bunch of years. Um, No, I'm not because you have the masculine within you. You have the feminine within you. Yin and yang is equal but opposite. That's an old belief that the yin is less than yang. So in fact, I think I'm more on the feminist scale than anything because (laughs) I'm saying that they are 110% equal. They are equal. They are simply opposite. So going back to the masculine, the masculine in, in its core is consciousness. So a good way for people to understand this, if I'm saying that the masculine is is awareness and presence, if anyone here has ever been to a coaching session or to therapy, 
and you're the one receiving, you're the one that's going to see the therapist, you know that the therapist or the coach is going to be the one in control of time. They're going to keep you focused on what you're talking about. If you start to dissociate, they're going to pull you back. They're going to guide the conversation. And because you know that they're going to guide the conversation, they've got the container held for you. You can cry, you can talk, you can you can feel free to, to go off on a tangent because you know they're going to pull you back. That is a masculine energy and that kind of dynamic, you feel your energy free to be released because you know they've got you. Kind of like a father, if you've ever realized, like you know, if you can think back to being a kid, like you can run around in the front yard, you can get lost in the grocery store, you can run all around because you know that someone is going to come and get you, you're taken mm-hmm. care of. If you had no father, if you had no mother, if you had no parent, if you were a completely alone child, you would have to be your own masculine. You'd have to know, okay, I cannot run in the road. I cannot stray very far. I have to make sure that I stay in the near this house. You'd have to do that yourself. But because you have someone that's holding you energetically, you know, you can be free to kind of roam around because they've got you. So that is a good way to think about this masculine energy. It's another way to think about it is, um, I always love to talk about the, uh, archetype of like the sun. So the sun is very active. What do we do when the sun comes out? We play, we go outside, we walk, we're active. The sun is this, is like a yang energy. It's bright. It's, it's out there. And when you think about, um, a male's genitalia, it's out there. It's coming at you. It's like the mm-hmm. sun. It's vibrant <laughs> and it's outward. Right. And, um, oh my gosh, I never thought of that, but yeah. Yeah. And so like, we look at now the moon, the moon, what happens when the, the moon is, is shining brightly. We go inside, we go inward, we retreat, we are to ourselves. We, it, the moon is, is, um, is the planet of our emotional health, our emotions. It's a motherly energy. Think about a woman's genitalia. It's inward, just like the moon is. It's like this, this energy, our physical bodies. Like, cause even though I say we both have the feminine and the masculine, there is a physical embodiment of each one of those energies and the masculine, the physical embodiment is male and the feminine, the physical embodiment is, um, is, is female for the feminine. And I talk a lot about polarity and we can get into that as well. If we want to talk about sexuality and polarity and why these two polar opposite, but equal energies are important for polarity and relationship, but to, yes, please to finish on the, the, um, the feminine, this is the yin energy and it is this energy that is actually, that is exactly what it is. So if the masculine is consciousness, the feminine is the energy that flows within the consciousness. It is the movement. So when I say feminine flow, I don't just mean go with the flow, girlfriend, like learn how to let go. Like that's really important too, but that's not what the feminine flow totally means. The the deeper message for me, at least in this stage of my life, what I really focus on is the flow of emotions through your vessel. Because a lot of us, we, we, um, we get terrified when we feel certain emotions come up. Like God forbid we feel more than five emotions in a single day. We start to judge ourselves. We start to turn them off. We start to hold our breath. Like say you have a, a fearful thought, you might go and you just hold your breath because it's a way that you're trying to stop that emotion from going through your body, even if you don't realize it or you tense up your jaw. We, we modulate pain through our jaw 
And so we try to stop emotions through our jaw. So we hold a lot of tension in our jaw. If you ever notice, like if you have something, a fearful emotion come up, a trauma that's trying to be expressed, you might really start to tighten your jaw. I do this all the time. So I'm not coming at that as an expert because I totally do this. I know that my jaw holds a lot of trauma and a lot of tension and pain in there mm -hmm. because I'm constantly gritting it whenever I'm feeling something come up. So for me, this, this idea of the feminine flow, it's becoming what you already are as the feminine and that's energy. Just allowing your emotions to flow, allowing your body to be a representation of that flow too. So there are certain practices we can do to move our body like dance or simply expressing what we're feeling through our body language, remaining open-hearted, pulling our, our shoulders back when we really wanna close. So that is Ooh. my definitions of the feminine and the masculine. And, and this comes from the teachings of, um, all the way at the top is David Data. He does a lot of, he's like the grandfather of a lot of this work of the feminine and the masculine is David Data. So he's amazing. And then my teachers, John Wineland and Kendra Kunov, um, do a lot of embodiment work of teaching how to get into your body and be physical representations of these energies and live through them. Dear health fanatics who may like coffee but are taking a break or still love their daily dose, well, you may have heard of Four Sigmatic as they have truly created their own tribe of mushroom coffee lovers, myself included, for a good reason as all their coffees and matcha teas and delicious treats contain the power of shrooms mushrooms. So we can just cancel out those jitters while enhancing the health of our brain, our heart, immune system, our gut, and lower our stress levels, unlike coffee, and assist with weight loss in metabolizing our fatty compounds and a coffee that will actually help give us glowing skin. What? This is clearly the best coffee for those who are coffee drinkers and non-coffee drinkers as they have a lot of elixirs without coffee. So here's what your shroom day may look like. Wake up, have some cordyceps to fuel your energy for your workout, and then maybe later in the day when it's time for you to work or write, enjoy some lion's mane to keep you focused. And even Buddhist monks drink lion's mane to enhance their focus. And even when it's time to wind down, have their classic reishi elixir. Or if you want a good little dessert after dinner, hot cacao mushroom. So good. They also have new products coming out all the time. Four Sigmatic is continuing to gift the Soul Tribe a 15% discount. Just click on the link in the show notes or go to foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash soul tribe and enter the discount code soul tribe. S-O-U-L-T-R-I-B. One word, no spaces, soul tribe for 15% off your magical coffee and mushroom elixir order. Soul good. Beautiful. Are there some examples of how we can move our bodies and embrace this feminine flow? So there's dance, and then are there other ways that your teachers have taught you? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many. Um, yeah, so let me think of where I want to take this because this is such a big question. So I'll give I'll give teachings directly from my teachers who I mentioned. 
Beautiful. One thing that we can do as the feminine in order to get back in touch with the flow of what's happening through our body is something called a pleasure practice. And, and here's, here's what I've been really learning and studying with, with my teachers right now. That's kind of a, a revelation for me and hopefully will be a revelation for many women is that in any given moment, we are allowed to feel pleasure at the same time that we feel anything else. And so what many people in general, and we're going to talk specifically here about um, the feminine, is that we feel like we have to be all in with one emotion at once. And so let's say you feel anger come up and you're so terrified of being all in anger and feel nothing else that you shut off the anger. That's what happens for a lot of people because we just feel like, okay, I'm angry. I'm angry. That's what I am. I am anger now. And so we fully feel anger and we push it away. We, we tense our jaw. We hold our breath because we don't want to be all in anger. And I don't blame people for this. Being completely, totally all absorbed in ang- anger is not a delightful feeling. But what we can do is learn to be both in the anger, let it move through our body, loosen our jaw, breathe, don't hold your breath, feel the anger. In fact, throw a temper tantrum, pound your fist, scream into your pillow, be in the anger, and at the same time, find something in your body that feels pleasurable. Because a unique gift that the feminine has is to be able to experience it all at once. We can. We just don't practice this. So when it comes down to the actual day-to-day life of like feeling these things, we don't know how to do it. So it's a practice. We have uh, My teacher has given me specific time every single day, 10 minutes of actually going into both of those places. So a pleasure practice is basically like getting on a mat, turning on music, setting the atmosphere up. If you want candles or being on sheepskin or if you want to have your crystals around you. Um, and then I, I specifically turn on music that matches my mood. So let's say I wake up one morning and I feel really jealous. <laughs> so I might turn on a song that like brings out my jealousy, something that's about like you're mine and nobody else's. Oh, yes. And I will do I will move my body in a way that feels like jealousy. Maybe then I'll pound my fists. Maybe then I'll get on my knees and and beg for me to be the only person that, that my man loves. Like I will fully embody jealousy, which doesn't always feel like a good feeling, right? But what if we could also combine in the feeling of something that feels good, whether it means touching your um, your forearm delicately. Like it doesn't have to be sexual. It can just be the feeling of grabbing your hair and tickling your face with it while you're feeling jealousy. Or maybe your spine feels really good whenever you do like these spine rolls or you like move your chest in circles and do chest circles. Maybe that feels really nourishing as you feel jealousy. So learning how to feel good at the same time you feel all these other emotions that might not feel naturally pleasurable. Can you feel pleasure even when you feel anger or chaos or frustration or sadness or whatever is coming up for you? Oh, brilliant. I am now adding pleasure practice to my daily routine to feel the shit, feel the shift. You talk about that. I love that you talk about that. You did a whole episode on feeling the shit to feel the shift. 
And so many of us suppress whatever pain comes our way, that jealousy that pops in our mind for even a moment, we will suppress it. And it is so important for us to release it and other toxifying emotions. And why is it so important to feel the shit, to feel the shift in order for our own personal development and growth? Oh, gosh. If you don't (laughs) feel what's already present in your body, um, Jordan Gray says this, he's a dating coach, but he says that it just goes downstairs. The emotion goes downstairs and it lifts weights to get really, really big and bulky. And then it comes back up later. And that's exactly what happens. If you do not feel the shit to feel the shift, you will feel the shit 10 times more later, but it will, Mm -hmm. it comes out in different ways. So something that I see often with women is, um, gosh, this is such a big thing that our, uh, us as women, we are, we have, thousands, hundreds of thousands of pain bodies within our single body. Like the shit that has been experienced from my grandma, my great grandma, my great, 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 great grandma, everyone before her, it's all been passed down into my single body. I am not just healing the trauma I have experienced in my 27 years. I'm healing the trauma that has been around for 27,000 years. Mm. So when I'm doing this work of feeling the shit, I'm feeling the shit for all women. When you are feeling the shit, you are feeling the shit for all women. We, you know, we, we have experienced in our own childhood traumas. All, all of us have in some degree. Um, Sarah Avant Stover in her book, The Book of She, <laughs> says this quote that I absolutely love. She says that simply every single day we experience trauma. She's like simply being alive is a traumatic experience. And this is so <laughs> true. The minute we step out our yes. door, like we're, we're walking near a street, we're experiencing trauma in some way. A lot of times people think trauma has to be something like one particular thing or one huge event, like having sexual abuse as a child or um, witnessing someone getting murdered. Like those are all obviously extremely traumatic events, but you can also experience trauma in many, many, many other ways. And, um, and I'm, so I want to validate that experience for anyone that's neglecting what they feel has caused pain in their life because, well, it just does, it can't be trauma. Everyone else has way worse stories than me. No, it's trauma. Mm -hmm. And even if, Mm -hmm. even if you can't feel like that's trauma, know that the women that have come before you have experienced a lot of trauma that wasn't healed. And it's our responsibility and it's a gift for us to be able to go into those places and to heal it. And to, to feel that shit. And, and what that could really mean to feel, to feel those things is to, to, to open up our body, go into our heart space and feel that tender place that wants to break open and not neglecting our emotions. I received an email from someone the other day that um, was applying for one of my coaching programs. And one of the questions I asked is, what is a struggle you feel with your feminine? And the answer she put was too many emotions. And it breaks my heart because it is those, quote, too many emotions that are the exact thing that's going to heal that shit for you and for all the women that have come before you. Those emotions are not bad. Those emotions are not nuisances. Those emotions are the Mm -hmm. pathway to healing for you, for everyone. So the the flow, the feminine flow means to notice when those emotions come up and allow them to come up. And what I'm learning with my teachers and what I'm practicing every day is not just 
oh, I feel sad. Let me feel my sadness. Mm, I feel sad. Okay, I did it. It's like actually setting aside time to practice feeling that shit. So one day I was feeling like for an example, for for people who are like still kind of lost. One day I was feeling, um, I was feeling really bratty, just like pissed off of it at everything. And instead of trying to be the conscious spiritual woman that I am, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bypass this. I'm going to feel this. I am not too conscious to be feeling bad, like feeling these feelings that I feel like are bad. I mean, of course they're not bad, but that's how they were feeling in my body. So I set aside 15 minutes to go full on out brat. And I got on my bed. I put on Avenge Sevenfold. I pounded my pillows. I threw them across the room. I ripped off my comforter and I filmed it all to share it with my teachers so they could see that I did it. Um, accountability. <laughs> and um, I just screamed, ah, no, ah, fuck you. Like I just screamed everything. And that is called embodiment. That's called actually becoming that thing you feel. And that is a surefire way not to push it away and to actually give it space to be felt. That is the shit that's being felt so I can have that shift, so I can leave my practice, get off my bed, turn off Avenge Sevenfold, and go on with my day and, and go on with my day not ignoring it. I felt it, and I felt it fully, yes. and it's released at that point. It gets released. You released it. Can you please share that on YouTube? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be I, I've considered – I think one of the things they told me was like, <laughs> share that with your tribe, and I was like – no. <laughs> I appreciate no. your suggestion, but no. This is not I'm not going to lie, that would be hard for me too. <laughs> I get it. I think I um, actually did share some clips on my Instagram. Yeah, I did. Oh, I shared some clips on my Instagram story. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um I hope you should put that in your What do they call it? I haven't even been on Instagram in a while, but highlight highlights. stories or something? Yeah. Yes, yeah, put have. it in your highlights. This is me. It's like I have all these like <laughs> motivational like Instagram stories and I'm like you could live your best life blah 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 and the next one just skips over to and like Avenge Sevenfold Beast in the Harlot song. You'll be like, what is this girl? I'm so confused. I probably know that song. I used to love Avenge Sevenfold. Beast in the Harlot. Boom 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 boom. Oh, yeah. Also, this just makes so much sense, too, because we were carried in our mama's womb. You know, we held the energy of her traumas mm -hmm. as we were mm -hmm. held in her womb. We were developing our fingers and our toes and our hearts in our mama's womb, which was highly mm -hmm. influenced by the energy that she holds. And so for her sake and our own sake to release it and to experience this embodiment and the pleasure practices, this is so powerful. It can heal so much. I'm so happy that you shared this. Can I share something like that's way cool? Please. Okay. Please. So the, the egg that made you was in your grandma's belly. So when your grandma, oh my gosh, I have chills. Yeah. When your grandma <laughs> has all her eggs in there and let's say one of your grandma's eggs meets your grandpa's sperm and that makes your mama. When your mama was in your grandma's belly, she already was making those eggs that were going to make you. So you were in your mama's baby, baby little fetus that was in your grandma. So it goes all the way back to your grandma like you carry that energy that your grandma was experiencing when she was pregnant. Yeah. Wow. Right? 
taking that in. It's wild. That is, that is wild. What about, this is a question that just came to mind. What about men? Of course, they were held in their mama's womb tomb. Are they also carrying her, the energy that she holds, her traumas? I should and they're perhaps, um, but that does bring us to the polarity again. How can the polarity you were talking about earlier, the polarity of the feminine and masculine energies working in relationships, how do we find balance with these energies in all relationships? Mm, yes. Okay. I love talking about polarity. So we've all heard of this thing like um, opposites attract, right? Oh, yeah. So normally though, when we hear this, we think like opposite people are attracted to each other. And while that can be true, um, this is physics, like opposites are attracted to each other. And, and what I want to talk about is sexual, sexual polarity and opposites in that way. So this is where I can sometimes lose people. So everyone just take a deep breath and bear with me. Um, there is so much like if, if, if the masculine is consciousness and the feminine is energy, we can look at this in a literal tangible way in the bedroom, but not just even in the bedroom in your day-to-day life with your partner. Um, one, another way to think about this, which I think might resonate with people more, there is a book called Everlast, the everlasting love for the awakened woman by, um, this woman named London angel winters. It's a fantastic book. And she describes the three different types of energies you can experience in any given relationship. And I'm going to reference those here, but I highly encourage everyone to get this book. It's a quick read. You'll love it. So we're going to set aside the words feminine, masculine for a second. We're going to use different diction, um, alpha and omega. So there's alpha, alpha, there's omega, omega, and there's alpha, omega. And each one of those dynamics serves a purpose. Alpha, alpha is what you think of when you think of like a power couple. They're going to the gym together. They're meal prepping together. They're conquering their business goals together. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? They're both leading. They're both taking charge at all times. So while this has amazing purposes, the sexual polarity might be lacking a little bit because there's no opposites. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's alpha alpha. Like if you're, if you, if you're, you know, me and, and my partner are definitely going to be in alpha alpha mode at some time. So it's important to be in alpha alpha where you both can just get shit done and, and lead your own businesses and, 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 I was about to say that's about my goal relationship. <laughs> yes. And that's that hopefully by the end of me talking about this, you'll understand that like that's your goal relationship for specific mm-hmm. moments and then other specific moments yes. when you want more, when you turn up the heat in the bedroom, things change a little bit different, but then you go back to alpha alpha. Mm-hmm. So that one's, Makes sense. that one's that. And then there's omega omega and omega omega is like that tried and true um, best friend kind of feeling like you're both going with the flow. You're both like giggly and laughing and you're playing and it's just like really fun. I've totally been in relationships that were more Omega Omega. Um, you feel like you've got similar to alpha alpha. You feel like you have your partner by your side, but you're both really like passive in certain ways. Like, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know, buddy. Where do you want to eat? Um, kind of like that energy, but it's very playful. And again, this is super important because we all have our inner child and we want to play and we want to have fun and we just want to feel like equal partners in a relaxed way sometimes. But again, 
There's no one that's pulling the other person's hair or demanding like your, your attention and your sex and demanding your love and leading and guiding. You're both passive in that way. So while it has its beautiful benefits, certain places and certain times, if you want to have the polarity in the bedroom, you might want to shift out of that into alpha omega. And alpha omega is another way to say the feminine and the masculine, but it resonates with you know, resonates a little better with some people. So one person is in that alpha side of the, on the, on the polar end. And the other one is in the omega. And this one creates the most sexual fireworks. And it doesn't mean that anyone is less than, or anyone is giving up control. In fact, because the feminine has so many pain points in our body, it is a beautiful gift to finally let go and to be held and to be told what to do sometimes. Like, freak, I love being told what to do at times. Like when I'm in my sovereignty, not being told what to do in an abusive way, but being told what to do through love because my partner says, you know what? I know what you need right now. You need this. And me just trusting. It's an act of trust for me to be in my feminine, to be told what to do. And it doesn't mean I give up control or power. In fact, I might even have more power because I'm the one that's choosing to, to trust my man, to listen to my man, to be led and guided. And that's freaking hot to me to be able to let go of control and to be demanded, to be demanded, to give over my heart, give over my trust, give over my love and to let go so that I can fully be in that state of energy. Because if I want to be in my feminine, I need to release my energy, sway my hips, pull my own hair, like feel loosey goosey Mm -hmm. in my body. And my nervous system needs to be calmed and to be, to know what's being taken care of. And that's where the masculine or the alpha steps up. And his job is hard. His job is not easy. His job is important to be able to make me feel safe and held enough so I can let go and receive. That is so important to note, by the way, when you said when I'm in my sovereignty Mm. and feeling this way and not feeling inferior or cloaked, allowing him to take control, but I am in my own control. I am standing Mm -hmm. in my power and allowing my feminine energy to just fully embrace this moment and we, and he just, he takes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is beautiful. But what if, what if the woman is more of the alpha and the masculine in the situation and the male is more omega in the, the bedroom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a few ways to this. The first question is, do you want that to change? You know, like, are you happy with that? There's still polarity there because there's one on one end and one on the other. So maybe that works for you. And if that works for right. you, awesome. Now, if someone's listening to this and they they want to shift this, what you have to do, so let's say you're a alpha woman and your partner is an omega, you have to become more omega than them to, to get the polarized happening again. So you have to be the one. If you want to initiate this, because this is the way it's always been for y'all, you have to take on the responsibility to out omega him out feminine him Mm. basically. So if he is receiving, receiving, letting, like not taking control, you need to go even more deep into not, not taking in control, not being in control. So if he's like, what do you want to do? You are the one that's even more of what do you want to do? You have to, does that make sense? It'll naturally put him more in a state to take control. If you're like, 
way more helpless than he is and way more giving up that power and then that control, um, especially in the bedroom. Like you have to make it incredibly obvious that you are not going to be leading. And and this happens outside of the bedroom too. So chances are, if you're like, well, this is how it is in the bedroom. I bet that's how it is when you're in the grocery store. In life. Yeah. And in, in yeah. like, you're probably the one that's picking up all the groceries or deciding where you go eat or being the one to say, well, I'm just going to do it myself because you'll do it wrong. Right. So you have to yeah. out omega him and your daily life too. That's so important to take on the responsibility. So to not nag at him like we might be tempted to do or to not tell him that he's doing something wrong or not satisfying you enough, but to really make it incredibly obvious that you're not going to be the one that is totally dominating in the bedroom right now to let him take over. That is so important. And then in life too, yes, I have had a relationship in the past where I definitely felt more like the alpha and I think that's a huge reason why I left is because he was very passive and it just that dynamic for me personally didn't work out. Mm. How do we shift this when it comes to in a life situation without nagging and asking him and telling him what to do to step Mm -hmm. up? One thing that's very important for people to realize is that let's say you are naturally more in the alpha, um, your partner, who I'm assuming is a man in this instance, let's just say he is, yeah. um, he <laughs> probably is really terrified of doing it wrong. So mm. if you want him to start to lead you more, you have to also give him grace, like let him mess it up because he's scared probably. Like he doesn't want to lead you. It's a very big responsibility to lead. And that's why so many of us women do it. We, we're we're yeah. incredible and we're really good at leading, but it's not what spices things up in the bedroom. We Most of us have a core desire to be ravished, not to be the one doing the ravishing. So understand firstly that he's not going to do it right. He and, and like as my teacher Kendra always says, is like you're, you're probably going to think in the back of your mind all the different ways you could do it better. And that's okay. Love that part of yourself that feels that way, but also find the part in him that's doing the absolute best he can and love him for it. Just love him for it. Cause there is a part in him that you can see, even if he didn't do it right and you, your control stuff is coming up and you wish that you could have done it yourself. Love the part of him that's doing the absolute best that he can and trust that it was the best that he could do and give him opportunities to show up. So one example here, Mm. One example, um, let me think. There's just so many beautiful things I could talk about. Um, oh, here's a good example. So I just had um, I just had a weekend um, intensive with my teachers. And there's one woman who, I mean, all of us women actually are like take charge. <laughs> so we're all learning how to let go more. And there's one woman in particular that Um, They gave the assignment because she always, she knows what to do. It's very obvious, but she needs the practice of being more helpless. She needs the practice of being more in her helplessness. And that's hard for us women who know what to do. We don't want to be seen as helpless. That's like one of our biggest fears is being seen as helpless. But there's a difference between being legit clueless and being in that state of clueless because you're still in your sovereignty and you're making the choice to create polarity. There's a total difference. 
So it's even more powerful yeah. when you when you you can take control of your life. You know what to do, but you're choosing to let yourself be led. You're choosing to let your nervous system create a new association with helplessness. It's safe. You're choosing to let your nervous system feel safety in the helplessness rather than having to put on your armor, right? So this woman, they told her like, okay, when you go inside of the the um the room where we're doing all of our lessons, act like you have no idea where you are. <laughs> Be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to sit. Where do I go? Like, where do I, like just being totally amp up the cluelessness. And this woman, of course, knows exactly where she's supposed to sit. <laughs> she's supposed to sit on the left side where the women sit. Like, you know, they, they segregate, they, they, they do the women over here and the men over there, which is really an interesting thing. But, um, they told her like, this is a practice. This is not going to be easy for you. And so she walks in and she says like, I don't know where I'm supposed to sit and tells a man like, Hey, where do I sit? And giving him that chance to <laughs> say, I will take you to your seat. And like, as simple as that is, it yeah. gives her the beautiful gift of letting go and knowing she doesn't have to prove anything and gives him the beautiful gift to lead her to where she's supposed to be. Super easy for him. Very, and who knows what he's thinking? Like, oh, this girl doesn't know where she's supposed to sit. Doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. He's, he probably isn't thinking that. In fact, he's probably like, oh, I feel purpose driven right now. I have a purpose right now. Yeah. Put this woman in her seat and it makes him feel good. I feel like I've done that before. It's pretty fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great example. I love that. And then what about friendships? What if there are two alphas and just a girl friendship and for whatever reason, there's a lot of fire and there's a lot of clash, though of course they love each other, but the alpha and alpha energy is just not balanced. It's not working out for whatever reason. What could they do to balance that out? My first thought is, because I've been in this situation before, I'm in this many times actually, um, and me and my sister are both fire. So like- I'm yeah. sure. I'm yeah. a Leo and she's an Aries. It's just like- Oh, Leo, you and I are both fire too. Yeah. And my um, my dad and my mom, my mom's Leo, my dad is Aries. So can you imagine our household, how much fire there is? Gosh, it's crazy. Wow. Um, but- in those instances, I think like you, when you know, when you find out that you're in an alpha, alpha friendship or a fire, fire friendship, I, I like thinking about it that way too, like fire and water, like alpha is the fire and then water could be um, omega, like more of this easygoing energy. Mm, um, yeah. I think one of the best things is, is you already know that you're this, this dynamic is at play when you, when you're meeting up for Froyo, you already know what's going to happen. You already know what energies to expect. If you're desiring more giving and receiving in your partnership, how about you be the one to initiate that change? You be the one to, to say to yourself, I know I'm an alpha woman. I know I can step up and lead and guide and direct, but for the sake of this friendship, I'm going to step back. I'm going to let this person have that space that she needs to, to lead and to be the one to direct something. And I'm going to receive. So practice being more in your feminine. I think friendships are a beautiful place for us to practice going into our omega so that when we go into our partnership, we have like, there's always these, we, we have the, the, um, the nervous system already in training to receive. There's all these ways that we can practice going into different energies. What London, the author of that book calls it is energetic agility. So we can go into alpha, alpha, or alpha, omega at any point. We start to train our bodies to be able to do that. And I think with friendships, you have to know that, you know, not everyone needs to be an alpha all the time. 
it's not really a huge sacrifice for you to let the other person be that fire and you just say, I'm going to choose water in this moment. So maybe you have to let something go when you do that. Or maybe you, you feel like you, you might feel like you're not getting in your, your two cents or your say on something, but in fact, you're absolutely in your sovereignty by knowing that you don't have to say something and you can just know what you know and let yourself know it and be perfectly fine without the other person knowing it and just be okay with that. Oh, amen to that. It's just to consciously choose it to let go of our ego in that moment of our pride. And that is standing in our power by doing that. Oh, I love that answer, Maddie. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I'm also curious, how can our own feminine and our own masculine energies inside of us help us heal our relationship with food so we can finally embrace the beautiful being and body that we are? Is it possible that we can use these energies to help us with our relationship mm. with food? Yeah. Wow. That's such a good question because it's, it's, there's so many different avenues to go into this. Um, but I think one of the, the the most simplified places, not to overcomplicate this, if I just want to give people a really beautiful thing to think about is if anyone is struggling with their relationship with food, when you're doing like, let's say you're doing these pleasure practices and you're learning how to create more pleasure in your life, bring that into the kitchen. Ask yourself, how can I eat with more pleasure? There, There's a time when like, I would think, I would say like the more masculine mindset towards food is, let's say like... I have a lot of work to do this morning. I don't want to have a super full belly, so I'm going to eat something a little bit lighter. Like, it's very logical. It's like, okay, this is happening and this is happening, so I'm going to make the most logical choice. And there's, That's interesting. there's totally a time and place for that. Like, I've I've realized that mornings I, I've been lacking focus recently, so I'm eating more fat in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is, a, mm. this is a very logical choice for me to make. I'm going to have a tablespoon of fat just so that I can think a little better and then it happens and it's great. But that's not the mindset we want to have when we're approaching food in our day-to-day -day life or meal-to-meal. -meal. Like we don't want to be stuck in this place of, of logicness because we're, we're lacking our intuition, we're lacking the feminine energy and we're lacking pleasure. Life is short. Food is supposed to be pleasurable. It's supposed to be an experience. Like it's a way that we, we do love ourselves and it's a way that we do nurture ourselves. So bring, bring mother with a capital M back into your food, bring that feminine energy, the divine mother, the mother that wants to nourish you back into your meal choices. And that's what I think intuitive eating really is all about. It's, it's about going back into your body and listening to the, those cues. If the masculine is knowledge, the feminine is wisdom. It lives within the body. So in any given moment, your body really does know what it desires. You don't have to go into your headspace to know. You can go into your body of what, what naturally, like the sound of what food, like thinking about a certain food or smelling a food, what does it light up within you, if anything at all? If it doesn't light you up, maybe that's not the best choice. So oh, getting yes. more more into the heart, more into the heart space. And I am raising my hand right now of like, I still struggle with this. I, I totally still struggle mm -hmm. with this. I'm light years better than I used to be, but I, I do have lingering control mechanisms with my food. So I constantly have to mm -hmm. come to my tribe about this, my my – my um, 
my group, my coaching program, like the, the, the teachers I have, and I bring this to them and I say, Hey, I'm getting really heady about this. I'm getting really heady about my control and, and I need some guidance and some help to come back to, to mother with a capital M like this, this energy Mm -hmm. of nourishment. And, and sometimes there is no answer, right? Sometimes they don't give me an answer and they just say, can you feel what you feel and be, be with that? And a lot of times when I just stop and I feel my need for control bubble up, I might start crying. And then that release is ultimately all that needed to happen for me to know what I feel like eating and to get out of my head, to feel those deeper feelings of the actual issue. And the actual issue is I need control to feel safe. And when I let that fear breathe, I give it some space, I verbalize it, I express it. I don't need to control the food so much and I just eat whatever's in my fridge that sounds good and I'm okay with it because I dealt with the shit. That is a huge one. Control. Needing to let go of the control. You felt the shit to feel the shift and then you were able to intuitively eat. I love that. Yeah, exactly. How did you cultivate such a deep relationship with your intuition and how has this changed your life? The intuition piece starts started about five years ago whenever I, I started with the most obvious thing and for me that was the food. I, I looked for mm-hmm. the most obvious in my face blaring area that I wasn't listening to my intuition and that for me was the food. And then that went into deeper places. So starting intuitive eating, starting to allow my body to eat different foods and then slowing down before I said yes to commitments. That's a huge one for me. It's a huge one now. Um, back then, I if someone asked me to do something or there was a a, um, a business opportunity, networking opportunity that would pop up. Yes, 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 yes. I would never even give my intuition time to think if I even wanted to do something because I was so terrified of saying no. So one thing that I've done to cultivate my intuition more is slowing down before responding to anybody. Maybe responding to a comment on Instagram, responding to a commitment, responding to anything. I give myself time to let the initial gut reaction pass to let my logic headspace of, yes, this sounds logical, let that pass and really give myself space to lean into the opportunity or lean into the comment I want to make to whatever they said on my Instagram or respond to a friend that sent me a text. I just, I'm not in a rush to get back to everything so quickly anymore. And I feel that's really important because if you're someone who's really in the head, your head's gonna convince you it always has the answers it's gonna pretend like it always knows what it wants and so I think first give yourself space to let your intuition breathe if you want more intuition ask yourself do I have space for it do I give it room yeah and people might be hearing this and they might be thinking intuitive eating what what is this it's a mindful practice that may be hard to comprehend when people hear what intuitive eating is. So what does that even mean? And what does it look or actually no, what does it more so feel like for you on a daily basis? So intuitive eating um, is a method of eating what eating, eating according to your hunger and fullness cues. So starting to eat whenever you feel hungry at a certain level and then stopping eating whenever you feel a certain level of fullness. The way that I like to think about eating or intuitive eating isn't so much 
that because I think that that's a lot of pressure from the start is knowing when you're hungry mm-hmm. and when you're full. Like you're probably going to eat more than your fullness levels and that's okay. It doesn't mean you didn't intuitive eat. For me, hmm. I've kind of made up my own definition of intuitive eating being what sounds good. Intuitive eating. Tell us. And I think that is something they talk about in the book. So intuitive eating is a book and they do absolutely go into that. I think they put a little more emphasis on the hunger fullness cues. And I I, I say let's put a little more in, emphasis on what sounds good in a moment. And when you're starting intuitive eating, if you're like me and you come from a six meal a day meal plan where it's chicken breast, brown rice, and broccoli, you might not know what sounds good and you might have so many fears just bubbling up around picking something that's not on your old meal plan that you might need to go into Whole Foods and just go to the hot food bar and then grab some random things there, sit down and eat it. You might not know what you want because you're so disconnected from anything outside of the 10 foods you've allowed yourself to eat. So sometimes it's it's helpful to just go somewhere and order a random meal off the menu or go somewhere and just put a whole bunch of things into uh, onto your plate and just eat it. <laughs> and like, don't put your pr- put pressure on yourself to ask what sounds good? What do I want? Am I super hungry? Am I already <laughs> kind of full? Like kind of pushing all that to the sign and just giving yourself some sort of masculine container. So that might mean, okay, I'm going to have a, a new meal for breakfast and I'm going to go to this diner down the street. Like that's your masculine container. Like this is what I'm doing. This is when I'm doing it. And then the feminine energy is like, I'm going to pick something that tastes kind of sweet. And then you just pick something like making it a little bit simpler than I've got to find exactly what my cells are yearning for. What kind of nourishment does my heart need? That's like next level. Start somewhere kind of simple. Give yourself some perimeters. It's going to be breakfast. It's going to be at Whole Foods. And then allow your intuition to pick up what sounds good and then don't overthink it. Just eat it. (laughs) Just eat it. I'm simplifying it, but sometimes that's what we need. We need something a little bit more simple. That was a great, great definition of explaining intuitive eating. It is a hard one to really talk about because people still question, well, what's my fullness level? What's my, and that's just something you just got to start somewhere and play with it. So that's a very good practical tool to take in your pocket right now. Thank you for that. Yeah. And also you are someone who is so intuitive and it seems that you do like to go with the flow of your inner guidance. Yet also you love your routine and structure. So I just have to ask you, how do you balance that if you know, you're feeling like doing something outside of your routine in the moment because your gut's like, "Mm, no, this one, this is not serving you right now. Well, if I feel like doing something outside of my routine, I will absolutely do it. Like I'm just at a point now where, yeah, I I just, I, I I like control because that's within my nervous system. My nervous system feels really safe when it has control, but I'm also aware. And you own that. And I own it, right? I'm not a victim to it. I, I know that's the case. And it feels really nice to be like a teacher of all this and not have to pretend like I have everything together. <laughs> like I, 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 yeah. I and I, I know that it's more than just, it's really served me to stop pressuring myself to, to mentally and also in my heart space to heal all of this because I know that it's deeper than that. Now that I understand more about the nervous system, I, I know that it's, mm-hmm. it's a response to safety and, 
and knowing that it's like within my nervous system to need to do these things, I also know that the most important thing is compassion, grace, and space as I start to heal that within my body and the natural reaction. Like anytime I feel like love is about to be taken away from me, I start to clean. <laughs> it's like really weird. Um, but if I ever feel wow. like like my love or my reputation or my beauty or anything is being threatened, I want to get rid of stuff. I want to clean. I want like, that's my, one of my coping mechanisms is cleaning and like tidying up things and getting everything organized uh, like makes me feel safe makes my body feel safe if I have something to do to tidy up um have everything organized That's you're aware of this oh yeah because I've been doing this work now for so long and I'll notice like what am I doing with my body doing right now throwing things in the trash can oh I'm trying to feel loved I'm trying to feel safe That's, how did you figure out these patterns just, I'm a very aware person. You know, I, I just, I'm in my body. I think a lot of this embodiment practice has made me more aware of what my body's doing. I notice when I have thoughts pop up now that are repetitive and I notice when, I mean, it's pretty obvious for me when I'm walking around like really fast trying to organize everything. And I've done that since I was a kid. We had this, um, housekeeper that would come to our house once a week and, man, my nervous system was in such whack when she came because I knew that she would move my picture frame three inches to the left or she would rearrange um, my rocks, like something stupid. And I would have, I don't know what they were, but I bet they were panic attacks. It, it was serious. And my family got so frustrated with me and they were just like, you're being ridiculous. And they would write it off as no big deal. But now I know looking back, I would freak out and panic because something was out of my control. Some Someone did something to move something. And that movement signified to me not being in control and not having everything perfectly. My body was just responding in a panicked way. Even if it sounds so ridiculous, that's what was happening. And I remember those breakdowns. And I don't blame my parents for not understanding what was going on because it was weird. But I do that now as an adult in a less dramatic fashion. But I certainly walk around trying to organize my pillows and get all my crystals in a certain way or getting like, I'm looking at this, these candles that are like arranged funny on my coffee table. And I'm like, ah, I want to go get it and put them all in a straight line. But I know that's just like my body. That's <laughs> huh? like, this is how I'll feel safe. And then I can look at those things. I can look at things out of arrangement and say, hmm, can I still feel connected to love right now? And the answer is yes. And guess what? I no longer need to straighten those things. But if I ignored that question and I ignored that itch to straighten something and I just went and did it, my nervous system would never make that new pathway. It would never make that pathway to see something out of order and also feel love. So I'm training my body to be able to see things and feel love. And that's how I heal that need to straighten or organize something. Or, you know, anyone listening to this that doesn't relate to that, think about whatever it is. Maybe it's food. Think about the food that you just have to eat in order to feel loved and safe. Can you eat a different meal? And at the same time, stay connected to your self-love and ask yourself, can I love myself? as I eat this pizza. That's how you make the new pathway. That's so profound in any impulsive moment or in any moment you feel like you need to control something. Just stop and ask yourself, 
can I still feel connected to love right now? Whoa, Maddie. (laughs) That is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you mind walking us through a day in the life of Maddie Moon? I'm curious, especially since you are a routine person. I'm fascinated by routines. Yeah. It's always very different. Um, right. In the morning, I always start my morning with coffee, of course. It's like the one consistent mm-hmm. thing. I used to have a very um, non-negotiable meditation practice in the morning, but I have let that go for now, which actually feels quite good of just good. letting myself go into coffee first and and getting a little bit yeah. work done. Like it has a time and place, but recently it just hasn't resonated. So I'm letting it go for now. Um, so I'll do that. Everything has their season. Yeah, exactly. I will do that and I will either watch some YouTube videos that are like inspirational or just fun, or I might jump right into some work. Then I have breakfast, walk my dog and do a couple client coaching calls, maybe record a podcast, get a workout in, come back, take care of emails, maybe edit a podcast or coach some more. Um, I eat throughout the entire day, but in the evening I might have dinner and my partner's traveling right now, but when he's here, we'll make dinner together and mm-hmm. maybe oh, Matt. Yeah, oh, Matt. Oh, Maddie. Maddie. Um, oh, Maddie. Sometimes we do that. Like, I'll do this really weird thing where if I like something, I'll be like, Maddie likey. And then I'll be like, does Maddie likey? And I'll ask him, like, if he's like, because he's also Maddie. It's really weird. Um, you guys are dark. I love it. No, we are. And yeah, and then we'll have like the nightly winding down. We might drink um, some, some, some scotch or some tea and watch a movie together. The scotch or tea yeah, is so drastic. Like, we'll have like. <laughs> delicious licorice tea or we'll have like this really peppery scotch that we've been drinking lately and it's just oh, it's so good smoking peppery scotch. <laughs> that's great yeah that's it that's my day i i, I love I'm surprisingly it that's little. a great day I, I am not a a crazy busybody workaholic like i do the work that i need to do and and then i nap that's the way I am too I do the work that I just feel like I need to do and then I usually go stroll or nap (laughs) actually I'm the worst napper if I'm being completely honest I'm not a great napper either I just it's the the idea of it that I think I like more yeah I know exactly I end up just I guess meditating in a sense just because I'm lying there doing absolutely nothing I'm not trying to meditate either but it's usually just what what ends up happening which is interesting. All right. Moving on to rapid fire. Are you ready? I am ready. Morning or night person? Morning. Dog or cat person? Dog. Strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, or Neapolitan? Mm, Neapolitan. Mm, favorite city in the world? Ooh, Tel Aviv, Israel. Tel Aviv. Uh, spirit animal? Lion. Matt's spirit animal. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, gosh. A wolf. Oh, wow. A lion and a wolf. Book you're currently reading, if any. I am reading A Mind of Her Own by Dr. Kelly Brogan. 
Mm. Favorite fiction book of all time? Ooh, The Hobbit. Ah, yes. Favorite movie? Well, I mean, Lord of the Rings is a given. Like, that's, I mean, I just feel like that's just a given, right? Isn't that a given for everybody? You and Matt need to go to New Zealand then. That's on the list. That's been on, that's been top of my list for a long time. That trip has a lot of pressure for me. Like, it needs to be amazing. So I, like, kind of (laughs) postpone it. And I also want like one more culture shock place before there. So we're thinking Africa and then going to New Zealand. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Culture shock place. I understand that need too. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a child? I wanted to be a – well, I thought it was a gemologist and I pictured myself being in a safari hat in the forest, finding rocks, cracking them open with a hammer and then finding diamonds inside. Like that's what I imagined it was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember this memory very vividly I'm like oh yeah that's still a career right oh that is so great I love it define love mm. I just the only word coming up for me is unconditional mm, that's Simple. beautiful yeah define life mm. a pulse yeah, just life is a pulse. It's like it's like the constant fluidity in this movement and and this this source of energy. Like that's what I think of pulses. Mm, I love it. This was actually a real rapid fire round. I feel like most guests just continue trailing on about whatever. I know. They're- it frustrates the crap out of me to be honest. Like I get it cuz I have <laughs> rapid fire and no one ever gets it. So, girl <laughs> Make, make you sure actually did a rapid fire round. This was, I'm serious, probably my first actual rapid fire. That was amazing. Now I have two last questions for you. Okay. The universe, Maddie, gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world. What would these billboards read? The first one would say, deeper the no, deeper the yes. Mm. I love that. The deeper the no, deeper the yes. Yeah, it's like my one of my favorite things to say. Um, the next one would probably say the wound is where the light enters because I'm just totally mm. feeling that. I forgot. Is it Rumi or is it Osho? It's one of those who says that. Mm. And then I'd probably say feel the shit to feel the shift. Yes, of <laughs> course. <laughs> That's a good question. I like that. Oh, and then one last question that we ask all our guests. How would you advise your own magic listeners to create their own magic? Honor your wisdom first. Before anybody else's wisdom, you already have it within you. It's within your body. You have the wisdom of a thousand ancestors before you. All lives within your cells, your blood, your your um, entire vessel, your physical being, consult that first before you consult anything else. Mm, Honor your wisdom first. That should also be a billboard. Yes. (laughs) Should. Yes. Yes. That's brilliant. Uh, Maddie, where can everyone find you on the webs? You can find me at maddiemoon.com. That's Maddie with two Ds and a Y. And I've got my podcast, Mind Body Musings, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. And I am all over Instagram all the time at Madeline Moon. That's M-A-D-E-L-Y-N Moon. And I've got lots of free goodies on my website if anyone wants to get 
my list of my favorite books or a free audio guide for me. That's all at maddiemoon.com slash free gift. Amazing. I'll put that all in the show notes. So was Maddie Moon taken on Instagram? I think so. I don't remember why I originally did this. I should double check and go back to that because I I think I checked for it and it was gone and I just was like, whatever, I'll stick with Madeline and I never (laughs) visited that. Consistency, Maddie. No, I'm just kidding. I love Madeline too. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm really kidding. Uh, I think that everyone always figures it out. It really doesn't matter. If you type in Maddie Moon, it does come up because that's my name on there, but my username Uh, is Madeline, but they both come up. So that's that's good. They both come up. That's all that matters. Maddie, Madeline, Maddie. Oh, Thank you so much for this interview. I truly enjoyed every minute. Thank you so much for having me on. Like this was this was so much fun. I've been so excited to speak with you and I totally feel like we are soul sisters. So I I'm, know I I'm like <laughs> I'm talking to you and I'm like I know her. I feel like I know you. Mm, love that. Thank we you. We have so very much. paralleled lives. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Dear Yomi, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear. I I hope something in this spoke to your soul. And will you please, please say hello in the Your Own Magic Facebook group to all of the Soul Tribers. And if you, if you like this podcast, I would so love to read your review. And of course, I'll gift you a free guided meditation from yourownmagic.life, which by the way, has many meditations, meditative imaginings, journal questions, magic monthly challenges, and just other spiritual tools for your soul. More on yourownmagic.life when you join the Soul Tribe exclusive site for $4.44 per month. I'm just thankful for us spiritualists to gather together and have a safe space to help us tap into our own magic. Anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and have a magical day.